You know him as the former Colts head coach. You can also see him on Wish Television over the course of the year providing his analysis. He joins us now on the Payless Sickers Hotline with a return visit to the program. Chuck Pagano joins us in what is an early morning for him, so we certainly appreciate that. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. There are a couple of things that I, I wanted to go over with you, and I think the genesis of the uh, of having you on was we were talking the other day, myself and Kevin, about this, and I thought you'd be a perfect person to give us some perspective. As the Colts are going through and doing these coaching interviews, I became curious of this, and that is exactly what it, a job interview looks like, and you went through it, you know, as a head coach. I mean, how much of the interview process is simply questions along the lines of, what would you do in this situation on a fourth and three? And how much of it is more about the personality of an individual when you went through that process? Can you just kind of give us a glimpse how it all how it all works out? Yeah, sure. Um, I think what people are doing now may be a little bit different uh, than my situation. Mine was so late. You know, we had just played in the AFC Championship, lost to, you know, uh, the Patriots and then went in. But I think now this first initial initial round is kind of a get-to-know type of deal where just what's what's this guy's personality, what's in his DNA, um, maybe share, you know, the organization share their vision a little bit and what they're looking for, and then mostly, you know, get some background on the individual, some personal stuff, what his philosophy is, um, how he sees a, a team being, you know, made up some of those things. So I think it's more of, you know, a lot of, of, of get to know stuff. Some teams may go a little bit more in depth on this initial one, but I think what you're trying to do is like, when you look at the Colts, they've obviously cast to use a cliche, right? Cast a wide net and had a, a bunch of people in this first week. Most of it, you know, per the rules is virtual. So they're just trying to, to maybe, maybe eliminate, you know, some of those names, you know, get some guys on and maybe it's just not a fit, but I think it's, it's mostly, you know, is this guy, you know, the leader of men that we heard this guy was, what kind of feel do we have? What's his personality like? Does it look like it'll be a, a fit, you know, with our, with our uh, general manager? Does it look like these two uh, can work uh, side by side in a collaborative effort to make this thing work? And then maybe down the road, guys, it's it's you get into more of the the philosophical stuff of you know how do you how do you see the roster being built? Um, where do you see our team? Can you give us an evaluation of our team, offense, defense, the specialists that you have on the on the team currently? Where do you see the holes uh, in this team? Um, offense, defense, uh, special team. What what's the identity? of this team going to, what's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? Can you kind of paint us a, a picture as, as far as that goes? So um, I think those things, you probably get a little bit more in depth. The analytics, as you guys know, pay, you know, play a huge role now um, with some more than others, so to speak. So they might dive into, you know, where are you with, with analytics, you know, the job that you're at, how, how did that look like in, in your building? How many people were there? How much do you rely on that? How much do you depend on that? Are you going to call plays? You know, because a big deal with a lot of these guys now, especially the offensive guys, the young offensive quarterback guy, quarterback whisperer, so to speak, 
you know, they're, they want to call the plays and then how you're going to manage the game. What's that going to look like? We saw the situation in Denver this year with Nathaniel Hackett and having to go out and hire a Jerry Rossberg uh, two weeks into the season to help him with, with game management. So I think those are, those are some, of the, some of the things that uh, are obviously going to be discussed. I can't recall, Coach, and I apologize for this. I was trying to think back on this. When you were hired as the head coach of the Colts and Ryan Grigson was hired as the general manager, it was within like a three-week period between the two. So my assumption was that your hire was by Jim Mersey and not necessarily by Ryan Grigson. But the reason I ask that is because we know that Chris Ballard will make a recommendation, but by his own admission, it is Jim Mersey that will be making the hire. Is there a danger in that of getting a coach that is not 100% on par with the general manager? Uh, you know, always. You know, I think that's the, the first thing that they're going to look for. When I came in there, Ryan was there. He was already hired. Ryan, I think, probably with Jim's blessing, um, Ryan gave me that opportunity. And for that, I'm forever grateful. I think that was that was Ryan's. They they had. I think I was. I don't know what number uh, that I was on that list, but I know I was almost dead last as far as guys coming in just because of the time. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, when that thing went down after the AFC Championship game, it wasn't you know two days later that I was in the building at West Fifty Six visiting. You know, Jim was in there. We talked for about an hour. Uh, then Jim, you know, Jim left, and then I had a discussion with with Ryan and, and, and Pete Ward uh, was in there and, and some other constituents, uh, guys that have a seat at the table, decision makers. Uh, they're just trying to get as many people in there to get a feel for, for you as, as, a, as a person, as a human being, um, and really trying to see, okay, is this marriage uh, going to work? Can these guys work side by side? Jim always talked about the three pillars, you know, the owner, the general manager, and the head coach, and, and those three pillars working uh, collaboratively, side-by-side, side, in concert, singing out of the ha same hymnal, all the things that you want to use to describe that relationship. But if that relationship, I, again, that's, that's got to be, um, you know, very, 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 very important. And I think a lot of the things, because I didn't know, I had no idea really, it was my first time interviewing for a head coaching job, just coming off that game, preparation was minimal. So really didn't have an idea of really the right, you know, questions to ask where I think these guys are more prepared now. They have agents, they have, you know, they, I think they have a, a better heads up of uh, what's coming down the pike and what to ask. Like, okay, who's, who's picking the players, you know, when it comes down to the draft, what, what's that going to look like? Who's going to decide the 53? You know, once we get to the regular season, who's going to decide uh, inactive? Who's going to be up on game day? But the most important thing to me is is that relationship between uh, the GM and and the head coach. And and we've seen you know we've seen some uh, you know this year. I mean, just look at you know the Giants and and what happened there with with Brian and, and the GM there. So <clears throat> very very important. Okay, he's Chuck Pagano, and he is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Six years as Colts head coach, 53 and 43 in his time here. Chuck, I, I want to stay there for just a second. Like, your emotions leading into that AFC Championship game. I mean, that was a crazy game. I mean, you guys had a golden opportunity, not to bring up a bad memory, you had a golden opportunity certainly to win that game. 
And then can you walk me through maybe like that Saturday, Sunday, Monday of thinking Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, you guys lose in excruciating fashion, and then boom, you're scrambling for this interview. And if I'm not mistaken, like, you know, you had to kind of convince Bruce Arians to be your OC, bring him out of retirement. It's not like you had this locked-in plan necessarily going into the interview. No, it was definitely fly by the seat of your pants, Kevin. I mean, it was it was wild. Like you said, you go up there, um, we've got the ball late in that game. We're down three, 23-20. Uh, Flacco's taking us down the field, throws what we all thought was a touchdown catch to Lee Evans. If you remember in the corner of the end zone sure. there, and a DB knocked it out right at the uh, same time and called in from incomplete, missed a, a chip shot field goal to go to overtime and and then get home in the late game, get home early early that, that next morning, go in the office. John calls me in, said the Colts talk, called, they want to talk to you. And I'm like, about what? To your point, I had no idea. They even still had a job open because all of us were so immersed in, in the AFC championship game, the game itself, preparation, all that stuff. So I had really no idea. And then the next thing you know, you're on the phone. You know, I'm on the phone talking to Ryan. Uh, set up an interview, send, you know, hey, I need some time uh, to get some things together, get some thoughts together. And it was like, don't worry about it. Just let's come up, let's chat, let's get to know each other. You know, Jim wants to meet, whatever. So, you know, send the plane down, get on the plane. Next thing you know, I'm in the building and, and then the rest is, the rest is history. I mean, it was, it was, it was wild. Dude, do coaches go through – Chuck Pagano is our guest on the Payless Sickers Hotline. Are there coaches that go through the process kind of to avoid not, – I'm not going to say avoid that situation, Coach, but to be prepared for it for the future. So, in other words, is it possible there are coaches that the, the Colts are going to talk to that are just kind of familiarizing your, themselves with the process for the future but not necessarily ready to make the move right now? Um. You know, that's a great question. Uh, maybe so, because um, I, I think it's more, you know, both sides getting to know each other and see if that's the fit for them and, and see what the situation is like. Again, there's only 32 of them, right? And so all these guys, if, if given the opportunity, I find it really hard to believe unless unless they just walk into something and just have this bad, bad feeling that this is not going to work, this is not for me, the situation isn't right. Uh, the circumstances aren't right. The roster is not right. You only get one shot at this. Yeah, I know that um, I, can, I can jump on this now, but as we're seeing, you're not given a lot of time anymore. There's not a whole lot of patience uh, when it comes to comes to these jobs and, and, and the owners. You know, everybody's you know, want, wants to win and wants to win now. It's kind of the Burger King mindset. You know, I want it my way, and I, I want it. I want it now. And and if that and if that doesn't happen, we're seeing unfortunately, you know, more one and dones than we've ever seen. And you guys know better than anybody that it that it takes time, uh, especially uh, depending on where you're at uh, as a football team, where your roster's at. Uh, do you have a, a, a quarterback in place uh, that can that can lead your uh, team to a division championship. We all know winning your division is the easiest way to get in the tournament, and anything can happen from there. So I think there's a, a feeling out process, but I think also, given the fact like we talked about, there's only 32 uh, of these jobs, and I, I you know it'd be hard. I'd be hard pressed to think that if 
you know, that thing was offered, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to leave. I just gotten, you know, my dream job in Baltimore as the defensive coordinator there. We had a great team. We had a great team coming back. Shoot, they won the Super Bowl. We played them, obviously, in the wild card round loss. They went on to win a Super Bowl. So I knew what we had there. But Tina was, Tina was like, I can't even repeat what she told me. You know, when I told her we were thinking of, you know, that maybe this wasn't for me. You know, this wasn't our time. Maybe we had more work to do here. And she obviously didn't want that to happen. So, <laughs> called Jim back and said, yeah, we're coming. <laughs> but anyway, it was funny. Was it hard, Coach? And I get it, right? I mean, listen, like, are you crazy, Chuck? Like, here's an opportunity, right? So you take it. Is it hard when you were a coordinator and you had a coordinator mindset and then all of a sudden now you're in charge of all sides of the football and special teams and everything else? Was it hard to wean yourself off of prioritizing that one side of the ball and realizing that you now are in charge of multiple facets. Yeah, so Kevin mentioned it, I think, it earlier about Bruce Arians and putting the staff together and not having, you know, any idea um, of what that was going to look like from a staff standpoint. So I was very, very fortunate. You know, once once accepted that job and the dust settled, you get done with all the press conferences and interviews and those kind of things, and you start to go to work on, on putting your staff together. Um and I was, again, very fortunate that Bruce was, was on the street. He was in the middle of uh, what he thought maybe was retirement, driving back and forth with truckloads of stuff to Georgia, to his place down there, him and Chris. Got him on the phone and, and was fortunate enough to get him in there and, and offer a job, and he, he accepted. Uh, so that, that side I didn't have to worry about um, being a defensive-minded coach and, and spending my whole uh, coaching career as an assistant on that side of the ball. And so then, you know, get a guy, Greg Minuski, somebody that, you know, I was very familiar with, my brother had worked with, same philosophy, same kind of system uh, that I was coming from, from the Ravens. So that kind of, that kind of mirrored up there. And, um, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to, with all the responsibilities, and then you never know uh, what that entails until you actually sit in that chair I remember sitting there as soon as everything was done. I'm sitting in Coach Caldwell's old office, and I'm going through all the drawers looking for the head coaching manual that he hopefully left behind. <laughs> like presidents, you know, they leave a little like, letter for you. Yeah, yeah. got to be in here somewhere. Yeah, that's right. What's 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 next? What do we what do we do next? What do we just get ourselves into? And it's just mind boggling the things that that come across your desk that have like zero to do with X's and O's. So I was, I was again very fortunate uh, to get Bruce uh, to lead that that side of, of the football, and, and obviously a rookie quarterback and Andrew coming in and um, his success uh, in that regard with that position in the offensive side, and then and then getting uh, getting Minuski and and then everything kind of else kind of fell into place. But yeah, there's 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 so there's so much to it that you know it's my belief that whoever you get, I mean they. Guys don't want to give up the play calling stuff, but they're going to figure out that there's so much there uh, to handle, let alone just game day handling. And Lord knows I made my fair share of mistakes, but and that's a work in progress. But just managing uh, those 60 minutes of, of football uh, without having to try to call one side of the ball or the other. Chuck, I know your relation, and again, Chuck Pagano is with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. I know your, your relationship with Jim Mercer means a whole lot off the field and obviously is something that we still 
see play out today. We had you on before your gala back in the fall. Um, you know, a big question I think that people have about this head coach opening is they felt like Jim Irsay meddled in some pretty serious um, decision-making moments for this franchise over the last 12 months. Uh, when you were here for six years, did you ever get the feeling or sense or see that Jim Irsay was meddling or not allowing Ryan and you to do the jobs you were hired to do? Never. Never. I mean, we had discussions. Look, Jim's been around this his entire life, so he, he knows uh, what it's supposed to look like. He knows how it's supposed to be set up. So those experiences and that wisdom, again, there was a tons, of, tons and tons of conversations about everything uh, involving uh, the team and, and really what, what gave us the best chance to win and what was best for the organization. But not, not one time did he ever uh, tell me or Ryan, this is what we're going to do. This is what you have to do. He just set the expectations and then said, okay, these are the expectations and I'm, you know, let us do our job. And so it's a, it's a bottom line business as we all know. And when you win and you have success, you get to stick around. And, and when you don't, uh, they move on. So, again, Jim is very, very passionate. We know that. He hates losing more than he loves winning. We all know that. And so he's going to share uh, with whoever what, what his vision is, what his expectations are. But then he's going to allow you to do your job. And then it's up to you. It's up to the, the general manager. Uh, the staff that you put together, uh, making making that whole thing work. Final 45 seconds, Coach, and I know you have relationships, presumably probably with a lot of these guys. Just In your heart or, or just deep down, the guy that you think ultimately the Colts are going to zero in on is who? <laughs> that's a, that's a, a great question and, and one that I wish I had uh, an answer for. But um, conventional wisdom would say, I mean, we all know – obviously how much Jim uh, loves Jeff. And, you know, so obviously I would say that, that just knowing that relationship, that, that Jeff probably is the front runner uh, right now, but there's so many uh, quality uh, candidates. You know, you think about Biennium and the success that he had, that uh, Evro, the DC, I, I'm just looking at the names that they've already talked to. Aaron Glenn, Ben John, the offensive guys, uh, you know, Biennemi Johnson, Steichen, uh, Kafka now with the Giants, the job that he's done there, Brian Dayball and uh, Danny Dimes. When they, you know, when they pick the it, Coach, we're going to have you back on when they pick it. How's that, right, <laughs> to, to give you a breakdown? Yeah. Does that work? Yeah. You guys are going to love Wink Martindale's interview, too. Hopefully he get, you get in front of him. You got, I get I a little B.A. vibes from, from old Wink. No, a no question about it. He'd be he'd be wonderful, but they got a bunch of great ones to talk to, and he'll they'll pick the right guy.